Welcome to another episode of the LeafCast. Takes by Leaf for Leaf. You could be doing anything with your time right now, but you choose to listen to me and I rock with you. So I want to give a big shout out to the audience. Um, we are re reaching a personal milestone. Uh, 750 listeners. So that doesn't mean every episode gets 750 people tuning in. But since the start of the show in late March to where we are right now in October, there have been 750 people who at some point in time have tuned into an episode of the LeafCast. Um, I don't advertise this show. I send the show out um, to friends and family and, you know, if they think it's cool, they're more than happy to send it out to a broader audience. So this is all really just grassroots listeners listening of the show. And, you know, I'm really flattered. You know, um, I've talked to people about the show and I always look at it as more of a comedy show, but a lot of people don't think it is that. Um, and that's, you know, real because a lot of times, you know, the, the best jokes are rooted in truth, right? And to me, that's really what this is about in a lot of respects is like, hey, here's some shit that we can't make up. You know, if you just took yourself back to when you were living proverbially, you know, high on the hogs, you go back four years. Would you have an would you have imagined that you would be stuck in your house on a Saturday? And not stuck in your house on a Saturday because, hey, you know, maybe you didn't have a lot of money this week to spend, or maybe, you know, you weren't feeling the greatest, or maybe you had a lot of stuff to do around the house. No. You are stuck in the house because there's a contagious fucking disease. And the federal government, whatever you want to call it, has basically done jack shit to get it under control. So here we are just running straight into the abyss, full stop. But we've also got a political campaign that is coming to an end, right? So Trump is running for re-election. Joe Biden is running to become the president. And the last presidential debate was held recently. So now we've got about seven days, a little bit over seven days before there is an election. And, you know, people always want to talk about undecideds. It's, I don't, I don't really think it's undecideds in terms of you don't know which candidate you want to pick after all this bullshit. I think you, <laughs> I think it's undecided in terms of, do you want to actually vote? Right. And I think the problem is, or the challenge is with Trump is that outside of that 30% base that he has, the real issue is who the fuck else is going to come out and vote, wants to come out and vote, when there's a in, the, in a in a fucking pandemic, like who? You have to be really motivated as a voter. I think they showed in the state of Georgia, people were waiting ten hours to vote. So you have to be really motivated to to vote 
in a pandemic. And I'm not sure, again, outside of that 30%, if there's any Republicans who are really motivated to vote. I don't even know within that 30%. I mean, they say a lot of shit in these rallies and, you know, people yelling, all that kind of shit like that. I don't know how many of them are actually going to show up, either submit a mail-in ballot or show up in person and vote. I just don't know. Well, I, I don't know what that eventual turnout looks like. They like to point to the Trump rallies, right? And I think the Trump rallies, let's, you know, are, is, is a perfect place to start for today's discussion because it's some of the most amazing shit ever to see a whole bunch of people now they're indoors at some of these things. Some of them are outdoors, and it's not like you can't get outdoors, but let's just assume maybe that's a mitigating effect. But there are people who are indoors, they're at these rallies, they're pressed pat tightly in with each other. Some of them have masks, the majority of them don't. And, and let's just go back so people understand just the basic principles or the concept around wearing a mask. The thought is, and we've talked about this before, at the very least, you should be six feet away from another human being. And if you're going to interact with that person, you should have a mask on. It doesn't mean you can get two feet close to a motherfucker, and because you've got a mask on, somehow it's all good. That's not how science works. But when you watch these rallies, it's like a whole bunch of fucking people packed up like sardines, yelling and screaming. And you got to understand, like, literally, the yelling and screaming is increasing the likelihood that you will be exposed to a contagious disease. So these are super spreader events. And these, and I don't, I, I you know, I don't want to know, actually. Initially, I was going to say I would love to know. I don't want to know what the fuck goes on in your mind when you decide to attend a super spreader event based on everything that you have seen leading up to this point. You know, if this was the first super spreader event, maybe you can say, well, fuck it, I'm just going to go. But now you've seen, you know, Herman Cain, you've seen the president himself. You've literally seen people get sick and or die from these events, yeah, you were like, fuck it. And, you know, the reality is these people who are out here that are saying fuck it, they're not just saying fuck it to them, they're saying fuck it to their communities and wherever they live and wherever they go back to. So we're all gonna fucking potentially have to endure more of a quarantine, a longer quarantine because of these fucking super spreader events. So when we get into... March next year, June next year, July next year. Let's just say July 4th next year, and we're still fucking inside. Please make sure to put a mental placeholder when you see these type of fucking events, because this is the reason why we all can't go back outside and kick it. This is the reason. We haven't even gotten into the vaccine bullshit yet, right? Because there's going to be people out here, oh, I'm not taking the vaccine. And, you know, look, man, here's the deal. And I, I, I mean, I've met people, you know, who say, hey, I'm not cool with vaccines. And my thought is, well, you're in a society. 
<laughs> you know, if you just wanted to be like living by yourself, and that's cool. Yeah, don't do whatever. Just don't take anything. But there's a reason why people don't have polio anymore. <laughs> there's a reason why. It's called a fucking vaccine. So anyways. But as we, we go back, we're like, you know, a week away from the election. And I think it's interesting that we think about the, ra- the rationale, the motivation in terms of why people and why the president is doing some of the things that he is doing. What is that? What could that possibly be? And we've talked previously about the federal charges that he is facing. He's an unindicted co-conspirator in New York. Um, he's facing a lot of state charges in New York once he leaves office. That's a real thing. But there's also the civil charges. So at the very least, there are nine ongoing civil suits involving Donald Trump. Nine. So let's assume for a second that somehow he can, you know, Perry Mason his way out of the federal charges eventually. First of all, this money has got to be paid for that shit, right? Let's not, let's start with the money. But the second piece of it is, all right, outside of the fucking money, if let's say you get through with the federal charges, now you still got to deal with these civil charges. And there's more money fighting those charges. And then there's the actual civil penalties that can be imposed. So there's a lot on the line for this motherfucker. It's a lot. More than he would like to acknowledge. So when you saw him go into the last debate, you know, he's, you know, this is a much more, so I think the first, the first, the first uh, debate, he went super thug and basically was like, fuck this shit. Yeah, I'm just going to yell over everybody. That didn't work out. <laughs> it went so poorly that now in the last debate, he's decided to change things up completely. Right? So how are you going to change things up? It's like, all right, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yell, or I'm not gonna yell as much. I'm not gonna talk over people as much. But basically, there's not much else he can trot out. You know, this isn't like, oh my goodness, he's got this last minute, you know, strategy. <laughs> if not for James Comey, and I, I don't think that he would have been president in 2016. Meaning, this last minute FBI investigation was the thing that was able to really just, you know, that last thing that he needed to get himself over the hump to beat Hillary Clinton, who was a failed candidate from the first place. And I don't want to spend more time talking about her candidacy, but that's just a fact. (laughs) When you lose to a dude who was on videotape basically telling you, not basically, he is telling you, he can't, he basically can't contain himself around women you just grab him, kiss him, grab him by the crotch, all this type of shit, and you lose. I think at some point, you know, we can again, we can talk about, you know, the Trump base. We can talk about, you know, all sorts of things, and you know, men's, you know, uh, uh, latent hatred of women, whatever you want to call it. But at some point in time, the finger has got to point to you. <laughs> so get the fuck out of here. Let me ask you something. 
do you think Obama would have lost if that shit came out when he was running? Well, first of all, Obama, you know, now that Obama's back on the stump for Biden, it makes you realize what a real president looks like. <laughs> and I think as we get further and further away from the Obama presidency, I think people are going to more and more appreciate his tenure in office. And I heard, you know, if one of the things interesting in debating is, is, you know, Trump's sharpest attack. I'm like, Joe, you've been in office before. You did nothing. And then I'm like, well, first of all, whoa, whoa, whoa. slow, slow your roll. Slow it up. Slow it up for a second. He likes to say things. And this is the problem with these debates, or at least my problem with Joe Biden. And maybe he's just not, you know, able to do it and do it in a way that is succinct. But when he says you've done nothing, well, wait a minute. I remember the Obama presidency. <laughs> what are you talking about? I remember recovering from a fucking economic meltdown. I remember saving the fucking auto industry. I remember the Affordable Care Act. I remember these things because they fucking happened. Anyways, I don't uh, I, I get I get fired up when people diminish his presidency because again, I just look at things objectively. And I think the thing that also people need to take into consideration during his fucking eight-year tenure, I believe six of those years were done with the Republican Senate. So when you say, well, oh, you didn't do this. Oh, you didn't do that. That's Mitch McConnell. That's Mitch McConnell. And quite frankly, that's Democrats' failure to come out in off-cycle elections. Meaning, hey, we can all come out when the president, when you know, the presidential election. But are you coming out on off cycle? So your congressmen and senators reflect the views and values of your party. So there's a reason why we were able to get all of these Republican appointed Supreme Court justices on the bench. It's called obstruction. From the Senate, they literally would not allow Garland to be appointed. But anyways, I don't want to go further down the rabbit hole. But I do want to point out a story that I thought that was, you know, very funny, or at least was funny to me. The Georgia representative was seen crowd surfing at a recent rally for President Donald Trump's re-election. And now he's talking about why he did it. Georgia State Rep Vernon Jones was photographed got gliding across the hands of attendees during a rally at Middle Georgia Airport. The Georgia representative, I mean, let's, let's stop, I'm sorry. I don't know. Some of you, I, I've texted this picture to, and if you have a chance, please, please just Google Georgia State Representative Vernon Jones. There is an image of Vernon Jones attending a Trump rally, and he gets so fired up 
that he literally crowd surfs. He dives into the crowd. Now, he doesn't have a mask on. The people that are holding him up during the crowd surfing, they don't have fucking masks on. And I'm just like, yo, in the immortal words of Ricky Waters, for who? For what? Like, why would you, after all the things that you know, crowd surf? But I think one of the things that's interesting now is we've gone down to the end of the election cycle, and this is really this desperation to throw anything out there. Now this is thing, or at least I've seen it in the media, about, you know, the growing, you know, black men supporting Donald Trump. And I'm like, I don't know these black dudes that are supporting. I'm not saying that they're not out here. I'm just saying I personally do not know of them. And maybe that's because they, you know, some of my friends have withheld their political opinions. And that maybe that could be true. Or maybe, like Donald Trump has always done and the Republican Party has always done, is misconstrue black celebrities with being representative of black people and black men. So there's a history in politics where you want to go back to Jackie Robinson, you know, James Brown, of black celebrities endorsing Republican candidates. And, you know, we, you know even Muhammad Ali at certain points. So this, these are true facts. But the point is, I'm not sure, irrespective of what the rationale was behind them doing that, I'm not sure if that moves the needle, and I don't know if it moves the needle now. So if someone was to tell me that 50 Cent or Ice Cube or Kanye, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, like, think, let's just think about these three characters and put them in context for a second. You have Kanye West, who is admittedly or acknowledged being bipolar and apparently is not taking his medication. So that's like the last motherfucker I would listen to. You've got fucking 50 Cent, who again, I think his his, his argument is he doesn't want to pay the taxes. And I just want to say to 50 Cent, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> you know, because here's the thing. The tax rate that he is talking about, first of all, Biden is talking about going back to the previous tax rate that we had before Trump came into office, number one. Number two, if you wanted to impose additional taxes or a harder tax penalty on people that make over $400,000, the average black dude does not make $400,000. So these are first world 50 cent problems. In terms of this, and I would just say, hey, homie, if you actually make all the money that you've made and you can see pictures of you on Instagram counting money, then paying your taxes shouldn't be a thing. So if I had to weigh racial injustice in one hand and your tax cuts in the other hand, what do you think I think about your tax cuts? In terms of, oh my goodness, let's let's protect 50 Cent. Yo, fuck that dude. Like, I'm, I'm not, see, I think sometimes we just should take things literally and to take them for what they are. If the president of the United States of America can retweet 
white people chanting white power, because that's a real thing. And you, for whatever the reason you may think, decide that there's still a logic behind supporting said white man, then that's really a you thing. That's a you thing for you to really analyze on your own by yourself. <laughs> like, I don't need to be involved in your self-hate. One of the realest things ever, and it happens all the time in the black community, is self-hate. It takes it takes its form in many different ways, and let's not act like we're all immune to it, myself included. But at some point in time, you should have the wherewithal to realize, hey, jumping into a crowd of white folk during a pandemic not a good look. Talking about a fucking tax cut or how you don't want your taxes to be raised. Right now, not a good look. And then the Ice Cube shit is probably the funniest shit, you know, to me. Because if you just look at Kanye West, Ice Cube, 50 Cent, what's the one thing that they all have in college? A common. None of these motherfuckers is going to college. Or maybe Kanye did for a year. None of them are graduating. And I'm not using college as the litmus test for, 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 for common sense and, and intelligence. But what I'm saying here is that none of these motherfuckers have demonstrated a basic aptitude that would allow them to successfully complete college courses. And here they are speaking for black folk and talking about how economic policy should be handled for black folk. You know, if, if if Donald Trump wanted to roll out a black economist and he set forth a rationale for why Trump's policies have helped black folk, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'd listen. But when you roll out Ice Cube, and it's just so, you know, again, We've all been in the quarantine, right? Ice Cube's been in the quarantine. I don't know what was going on in the quarantine with Ice Cube. But first of all, let's just think about this for a second. He's still going by the name Ice Cube. We don't even know. I, I was suggesting to use an artist. Do you know what Ice Cube's real name is? I don't fucking know. But you can go on the paper. Ice Cube has an economic policy. No, 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 no. You can't call yourself Ice Cube and talk about economics. Not with me. No, 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 homie. You've got to put your rap persona down and put on your big boy pants if you want to talk intellectually with me about any motherfucking thing. So the fact that Ice Cube has this economic platform to help black folk, that's, I mean, what's next? <laughs> like, I mean, at some point, it's like, how dumb do you think black folk are? Yeah? The fuck has Ice Cube done in his career that would make you think that he would have the solution for black inequality? Ice Cube. 
this is a motherfucker who made the Players Club. I mean, I mean, we could go. I mean, what? Just that's it's just amazing that here we are. And I think Ice Cube's argument was, well, he pitched his economic platform, and like some of this shit is like, yeah, give black folk money, and it's like, all right, great. And it's like, well, all right, he pitched his platform to Biden, he pitched it to Trump. Uh, Biden said he talked to him about it after the election. Because again, you know, you're trying to win an election, all this shit going on, and Ice Cube, you know, shows up. It's like, well, I got this killer economic. It's not like, you know, it's not like you want to say that Ice Cube, has he been busy? If he if he came out with his economic policy now, like what took him so long? So he's like, he's been a grown man. You know, he's had a certain measure of influence in popular society for several decades now. So it was like all this time, but like, you know, he was in the quarantine, you know, he's listened to America's Most Wanted, and he's decided, you know what it is? I'm going to come out with this economic policy. Fuck another album, and I'm glad he did not come out with another album. You know? <laughs> Let's come out with this economic policy, homie. Boom. But you want to say, and I think the logic to it, what I don't understand is like, well, you know, first of all, what took him so long? And then two, the thing, the problem with Donald Trump has always been when he talks about the things that he's going to do for black folk. Number one, he's been in office. This is the problem going back when he has these critiques on what, you know, hey, you know, Obama has never done anything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, dude, you have physically been in office. And not only have you been in office, for the majority of the time that you have been in office, you have had a Republican Senate. You have had, well, for the first two uh, years of his term, he had a Republican Congress, Republican House. And he still couldn't get shit done. So when you hear this motherfucker talking about the Affordable Care, he's going to make it better, make it new. What has he been doing? He's been there. He has physically been in the office doing bullshit. So if you want to hold people accountable, you want to talk about, well, you know, I'm now going to adopt the Ice Cube Platinum Plan. It's called, it's called the Platinum Plan. And it's like, I'm, you know, again... I was so despondent after the naming of the plan, I just refused to even go through the plan because it was just, the naming of it was so demeaning in and of itself for niggas. Like, hey, niggas, this is the platinum malt liquor plan. Get the fuck out of here. But anyways, Donald Trump has endorsed the Ice Cube plan. <laughs> Uh, we'll see how that is. But I want to go back to Representative Vernon Jordan. Or excuse me, Vernon Jones. I don't want to impugn the late Vernon Jordan. But Vernon Jones, again, it was a Georgia State representative who was crowd surfing during a Trump rally. I'll give you a few backgrounders, brother. This is like, you know, again, this is not a dumb guy. He's not a dumb guy. You know, he went to North Carolina Central. Uh, yeah, again, he's North Carolina born and bred. His father was a World War II veteran who worked in a mill. You know, again, this is a good, you know, you know a, a background of hard work. Again, he went to North Carolina Central. Um, he's a Kappa. <laughs> he graduated a BA in business in 1983. And he went to the John F. Kennedy School of Government Ex- Executive Program. So this is a, it's not a dumb guy. Not a dumb guy. 
Um, one of the things that's interesting about him in 2003, Jones was accused of excessive spending after a news article highlighted his annual budget of $250,000 that went towards the salary and overtime of his five-member security de- detail. So this is why it's like, if you start to unwrap the layers, sooner than later, you're going to find the genesis of the coonery. Like, when did the coonery start? It probably started around the time that this nigga wanted to have a posse of five dudes who were going to get 250 grand a year to ride around with him. Like, are the streets so hot and wherever the fuck Georgia that this nigga lives that he needs to have a five-man entourage? And if he does, like, what are these, like, I just imagine, like, who are these dudes? (laughs) <laughs> it's the baddest motherfuckers ever <laughs> and where was this entourage when this nigga decided to go crowd surfing where was the security detail I don't know anyways um, I want to you know again I don't want to take too much time with audience's time but I want to hit on this last story because it would be remiss for me not to hit on this last story um it's a guy who I've spent some time, you know, talking about in, in the pandemic. And it's because he's the gift that continues to give your favorite mayor and mine, Rudolph Giuliani. So I'm going to read you this quote. Donald Trump has called Sasha Baron Cohen a creep and a phony guy after being asked about an incident involving Rudy Giuliani in the comedian's new film, Borat. Let's just stop for a second and talk about the term creep. This is Donald Trump calling someone else a creep. This is a man, this is in the USA Today, which is a very, you know, kind of benign paper, middle of the road, moderate bullshit paper. It's a paper that's dumbed down. They have, you know, color color pages in the paper. It's the the USA Today. And in the USA Today, there is an article where 19 white women, 19, 19 good white women have accused the president of the United States of America for sexual misconduct, sexual assault. But he's calling somebody else to creep. What do I know? Giuliani, Trump's personal lawyer, is shown in the film during a fake interview with the woman as she invites him up to her hotel room for a drink. In the room, which is rigged with hidden cameras, Giuliani is seen reclining on the bed as he fiddles with his shirt and reaches into his trousers in the presence of the the fake female report. Finally, they are interrupted by Borat, played by Sasha Baron Cohen, who bursts into the room shouting, she is 15, she is too old for you. (laughs) Now, Rudy Giuliani has taken the Fox, excuse me, not what is the Fox? It's the Fox. It's the Trump line of argument. Like, fuck your eyes. Like, what you've seen isn't really what you saw. Like, these are the guys who try to explain away the, uh, you know, I mean, just think about, I mean, if you, if you start from this motherfucker on an Escalade calling Mexicans rapists and murderers to the Access Hollywood tape, where he's literally on tape talking about us sexually assaulting women. This has just been, it just, but it's like, hey, well, well, 
Well, fuck that. Can't believe you're bringing that up. <laughs> Can't believe you're bringing the sexual assault up. <laughs> so, one, he calls it a hoax. <laughs> it's not true, even though we can physically see it. And two, he claims that he was adjusting his pants. Well, here's my thing. I've seen the movie. That so let me let's make sure just to give you the context of what took place. He's supposed to be doing this fake interview. At a certain point in time, she invites him back to the back room to have a drink. Now, this is Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani who is just going through a lot of babes. I'm not going to talk about all the babes that he's been through, but he's been getting it in for a minute. This is a dude who announced his divorce while his wife was in Gracie Mansion. <laughs> so it's like a... It's, and, and, and for that type of dude who's been around for this part as long as he's been around, getting it in the way he's gotten it in, when you say to Rudy Giuliani, do you want to have a drink in my bedroom? That's code for fucking... That's what that means to him. Rudy Giuliani thinks, oh, it's about to be on. So here's common sense, right? If you lay on a bed, when your back is flat on the bed, which he is, because you can see it in the movie, and you stick your pants down your pants and start what appears to be fondling himself, I'm not sure how one could take that to be I was fixing my shirt. One, if you were fixing your shirt, why would you be laying down on the bed? Two, two, let's just acknowledge it would be better from my perspective if Rudy was like, yo, he's not, Rudy Giuliani's not married right now. Rudy should always be like, look, this bitch, this bitch invited me to her room to have a fucking drink. I thought I was going to get my dick sucked. What do you want me to do? But for you to start talking about you're adjusting your shirt and all this shit, come on, P. Come on. But again, this is from the administration. Everything is an adjusting of one's shirt. So I want to leave the audience with this because this to me is, you know, we've talked about a little bit previously, but it's just now the unraveling of the president because it's, it's become pretty clear unless something miraculous can happen and unless the cheating can just be done in a way that embodies Mexican politics at its best, there's more than likely a chance, a very strong chance that he will be a one-term president. Uh, and again, there's real jeopardy with that. So there's a certain despondence that he has because he's got to continue to do these rallies and do all this bullshit. But I think he's starting to understand it's not really going well. So in one of his most bizarre and incoherent performances to date, to date, the President of the United States of America on Tuesday night told a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania told a Pennsylvania, a Pennsylvanian, excuse me, <laughs> a Pennsylvania rally, nobody wants me, before cutting the event short and dancing off the stage to YMCA. So no, this is true. He went to Erie, Pennsylvania to do a political rally. He did say literally in the rally that nobody wants me, cut the event short, and then dance off the stage to YMCA. Swear to God, this is true. You can go to YouTube and fucking watch it. So let's just examine the song YMCA and why this has become his new favorite song and why he dances off the stage to it. I want to read to you some lyrics of, again, the Trump theme song. 
young man, there's no need to feel down. I said, young man, pick yourself up off the ground. I said, young man, because you're in a new town, there's no need to be unhappy. Young man, there's a place you can go. I said, young man, when you're short on your dough, I said, young man, you can stay there. And I'm sure you will find many ways to have a good time. It's fun to at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. They must have everything for you men to enjoy. You can hang out with all the boys. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. <laughs> it's a gay man's theme song. And this is what the president of the United States of America decides to make his closing argument with. YMCA. Yo, as always, I appreciate your time. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay situated. Stay calm. And most of all, stay positive. Peace.